politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Potoms Up. Heinz 57 to you. Episode 57 in our illustrious career. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it that. Yeah. Wow, we're, I don't know if I'd call it illustrious here. or a career. <laughs> might be wrong on both accounts. Our illustrious hobby. <clears throat> that it is. <laughs> How's it going, Blatto? Welcome it, back. It's uh, going well, and I'm, I'm, um, well, I'm always glad to be back on podcast, but I certainly did have a sensational time in the, uh, in the Yukon of America. Yeah. That's awesome. You got to go up there. Yeah, up there for work up, uh, to Alaska, and then um, you know one of our guests and friends uh, also joined me for a few days of fun. So trounced around in the snow, uh, cross country ski, uh, cross country skiing, and then we tried snow fat tire biking, but it was a fail. Fail. It doesn't work in fresh snow, and. Contrary to what many people might think, including myself, um, uh, fresh uh, Anchorage and that part of Alaska doesn't get a lot of snow. Okay, but before we get it too far to that, because I go off on these tangents, got to introduce our special guest today. Yay! Uh, this is Bird, and uh, she is going to join us all the way from the uh, far left coast of Seattle. That's right. Bring a little Seattle. Um, we need it here in the Midwest. We need some of that progressive juju coming this way. Um, yeah, you also need some good weather, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the harshest weather I have seen in over like 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. Snow, ice. And it, well, it's also been windy. Covered with yeah, it's been really windy. Ice, you know. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget the wind. The wind just The wind. I was almost blown across Port Austin right into the drink. <laughs> It was just massive. It's we, epic. We, epic we, cold. Yeah, epic. we uh, we had some business to attend to this week and had to drive north. And I kind of felt like I was back in Alaska because it was just... I think it was cold in Alaska. I've been to Alaska. It was never that cold. It, it was colder. I'm sure it was. It was. It yeah. was the coldest day of the year up there, they said. Um, <laughs> no, it was the worst weather. You came on the two worst days of Michigan weather that we've had. Nailed it. <laughs> what, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Thursday and Friday were the worst days that we've had so far this winter. It actually hasn't been that bad of a winter. You know what, though? It justified this giant coat I bought. Because <laughs> if we just don't get that cold in Seattle, I'm like, I'm bringing that coat to Michigan, and it's going to be fantastic. I was a little surprised. i got to say, I... The size I, of my coat. I was like, where did, where, where did you get that? Like, that's... that's, that's because Seattle was, what, 55, right? Well, yeah, but we've had some cold weather recently, yeah. and I am just like, you know what? I'm not going to go to Michigan and be cold. I'm going to get the biggest damn coat I can find, <laughs> and it kind of just swallows you up in there. But I failed because I didn't bring the hood. <laughs> yeah, all no, the hood, Blotto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's the first time that I uh, really got to break in a good coat, and it was worth it. 
Yeah. At least, it, at least it wasn't for not bringing Seattle it all the way. Seattle weather is yeah. better. Okay, well. well she, being from Seattle, she could have just shown up with a jean jacket, you know. and uh, Right, with tassels or yeah, something, yeah. you know. No, no, no. It's more like a, yeah, yeah, not a burnt orange raincoat. That's what they wear, burnt orange burnt raincoat. Or- you never, Marmot never bring or- an umbrella anywhere, and you walk everywhere. Um, true, true, yeah. You, you're, you're kind of a pansy there if you use an umbrella. <laughs> That's right. We know you from out of town. <laughs> Look at that one. Out of town. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> you gotta ask. They still exist up there in Mackinac. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Of fudge, you brought the beer this week, so uh, why don't you entertain us with a description of it? Okay, this um, first libation is from Tapestry. Uh, we've done a couple from them already, probably at least two, two I can, uh, I'm almost certain, maybe even three. Uh, this is a Pex Porter by Tapestry, English-style robust porter featuring all the English malt and hops. Also on the can, they note some caramel and toffee. Um, but my my sense is, and we'll we'll dig right in, that it's probably a fairly basic porter. They're not really, you know, you know, calling out any real particular notes, uh, a flavor, so to speak. So I just hope it's a steady porter. That's kind of what. Uh, well, my expectations are. Well, they claim it's a bronze. Yes, it's got a awards. Robust Porter Award from the GABF. Don't know who that is, but uh, they gave them an award. Um, it's a six percent, so we like that, um, especially uh, if you got to drive mm. in bad weather. Six percent is pretty high, though. Not on podcast. Not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, the session beer is like four point one. And then, you know, the highest they get is eight, so... Oh, no. Yeah? Really? Okay. No, we, we've done 11s here. We, 12. I think and we so, had one 12, right? Yeah, we had oh, one 12. the Griffin Claws were 12s, right? Oh, those were 12 oh, five. Wait, that's not beer. That's like malt liquor or something. It's like rocket fuel. So who the heck is Peck? Um, yeah, they don't really tell you anything we about gotta, what Peck is, uh, so I'll have to maybe look into that. I'm going to check it out. Um, and when did Michigan turn green? Their logo of green of Michigan is green. Is that typical? It's orange, just like the raincoats. Orange and green. Yeah, that's just I think the branding from Tapestry. Oh, I see. Uh, so, so, so getting some nice head on it was like a challenge. Carol King? Who? Do you think they like Carol King? Of course. Tapestry. Who doesn't? Cheers. Or bottoms up. Mm. Bottoms up. Did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Various times. All right. Uh, now this was 35 on the IBUs. And I can taste that bitterness, right? Yeah, a little bit at the finish. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a real, um, I mean, I wouldn't call it an extremely malty porter. Um, the first thing that hit me when I was pouring it, though, was the bouquet. And I didn't think it was very pleasing. <laughs> a little stanky? Yeah, I thought so. I don't know. Did anyone else catch any of that? My proboscis It smells a bit roasted. Um, it tastes roasted as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like a roasted... Almost like a coffee. Uh, that's the toffee part, I guess. And, yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, caramel, but I think there's caramel in every one. And now I have a hair in mine. <laughs> yeah. Gross. <laughs> what, what does How that taste that like? Yeah. Sitting right on top of the foam. Uh, oh, waiter, we'd like a refund. <laughs> um, anyway, um, early, early uh, opinions there, Fred? 
Not so bad. Um, I do I do like that it poured up a nice head very easily. You mm -hmm. didn't have to try. Yeah. Maybe even a little over carbonated, but um, that makes it go down a little easier, though. Yeah. The uh, I, it is a little slight bitterness to it on the finish, but that doesn't bother me too much. Right. Um, it it doesn't have anything really jumping out at me. Tastes like a porter. Yeah, yeah. Bird? I don't know. I'm getting the char. It's a bit char for me. Mm -hmm. like char broiled. over roasted. Like a maybe? char broiled hamburger. <laughs> it's an impossible. From the hood, it's right? It's the impossible <laughs> beer. It is the impossible beer because it's just, it's a bit char, you know. But I'm not a big Starbucks person. That might hurt a lot of your listeners. But, you know, I like the You're small, from Seattle. <laughs> I know, but we're all about the indies. And I just feel like it's a little char, a little bit loaded up with. Um, Little yeasty bits, you know. Um, it's it's not my style of beer. Per well, se. that was my next question. Was how do you how do you like care a blonde pale ale or a pilsner or a triple Belgian okay. or like a Bud Light when I'm downtown? <laughs> <laughs> downtown, which Where? is painting the town, drinking the Bud Light. <laughs> They're not drinking Bud Light in downtown Seattle. I've been there. Okay. No, not downtown Seattle. Maybe downtown Detroit, but not. Not drinking Bud Seattle. Light downtown Detroit anymore. Either. Well, then when I'm in a downtown dive bar, okay. I'll drink. Okay. Not in the Light. burbs here in Macomb County. Left. Yeah. Hey, just in time. Here comes time. Yeah. Well, we just started drinking. Oh. So we're rolling. All right. So we got a beer for you. Here you go, Lefty. Welcome. Do you get the memo? I go by Hefty. Oh, <laughs> lefty, uh, hefty, Hefty, Lefty. So, and uh, we're joined here by Bird. This oh, the bird that right. flew over right. Seattle. Hefty bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, free here. bird. Yeah. Here, here you go. Oh, I like that. So, yeah, there's always a free bird. <clears throat> Gotta have more free bird. Or is that cowbell? Gotta have more cowbell. Cowbell. <laughs> yeah, we don't need more bird. Just cowbell. <laughs> uh, so the beer is a six percent. Porter from Tapestry, 35 IBU, just to catch up with the rest of the crew here. Mm -hmm. um, and so far, uh, I'm guessing I'm going to guess Bird, you lean in the not for you category. This is high dollar stuff. No, but I know people who would love this beer, and I think it's great. I just think it's a pretty big beer. Yeah. Right. It, it only yeah. goes for you. Yeah. It, it yeah. We're not saying it's a horrible beer if it's no, not for you. No. No. Yeah, and I love that's Fred, called we, we can we can double check at the end there, but um, I I think it's okay. I'd probably order another one. I mean, I'm not you know over the moon about it, but I think it's a it's a drinkable beer. That's yeah. kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah. I, I I probably would stock this. You know what I'm finding I'm doing lately with beers like this. Well, like when we did the the brown that I complained was too sweet and stuff. Yeah. Immediately in my head, I'm starting to compare it to the browns I like that we had, and the same thing with the porter. Is it um, founders? There's just that straight up porter. Yeah. That was like been my favorite porter we've done, and it's just like in my head I immediately go into comparison mode, and I probably shouldn't be doing that, but that's how I've been. My brain has been functioning like that lately. So it's 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 difficult, especially as we try so many to to stay away from the comparisons. And, you know, it, it, it's still a mantra that I like to, to bring up a lot. And every beer should stand on its own. But it's difficult. It, I do it, too. Which uh, lefty? lefty? Well, the malt makes it really different. Mm -hmm. I mean, typically when you're having a porter, you're thinking coffee, 
vanilla, you know. Right. They, they didn't. Malt. They didn't infuse any of those real bold no, flavors. No, it's a, it's a straight up porter, but then right. malty. So it oh. kind of was interesting first gulp. Okay. So we'll see what oh. happens. How thirsty were you? <laughs> not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I had a couple of my favorite strobes before I got here. Ah, oh, the Bohemian man. Hey, speaking of five point five, they're that much now. Yeah. Hey now. Speaking oh. of that, I thought there were still like four twos. I know. Like yeah, we were talking about. I don't know if you've listened to what was it two episodes ago, but we really lit into you. Because you had suggested, I'm talking to left. Busted. Yeah. Didn't listen. <laughs> okay. Because because you had suggested, right? Oh, that, right. That, that well, we do. I was trying to figure out what he's talking about. Maybe Michigan large domestics. Like oh, 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 okay, 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 whatever. Right? Yeah. Maybe instead of saying so, you lit so crafty, into me for that. No, 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 no. What we lit into you was, you had your chance. For what? It was a great suggestion. You the week before that, you were on the show, and Nobs and I asked you to bring the beer, and you said no. And then you criticized us for not having the beer that you and want. You could have gotten so cheap too. That's, that's really unfair because, oh. first of all, it's your show, and I did explain either on or off pod that I felt like it wasn't me in my place to. Force upon you beers that I wanted you it to review. Absolutely, is in your place. Well, what we See, thought it was that a great was idea. idea. <laughs> That's the thing. And then we're thinking, well, why did we do it? it? What an awesome idea! <laughs> and, and you could have got off cheap because you know, yeah, these are fourteen bucks a four pack. Four, yeah. four beers, fourteen bucks. Stroh's is how much for a six pack? It's probably gone up. Nine. Yeah, is it nine. Wow. It's that much now. Yeah. I only buy the 30-pack, so I don't want to. Well, I I had a house and I cut the lawn. <laughs> that was my grass-cutting beer. That but that, that, was not the, that was not the beer that they're, they're brewing in the Pilsner lager format now. Right. You know, that... Uh, yeah, especially when you bump it up to 5.5, it's not going to be the same. friends at the contract brewing place. Uh, uh, what's it called again? I, Detroit? Detroit Brewing Company? Possibly. I believe it is Detroit Brewing Company. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, where should we start? Uh, we should start how she finished almost all the beer, and we have, like, for not liking it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, there's, there's, nice there's, there's, there's two big topics going on, right? Uh, should, we, should we start with the race? Or do you want to? You want to? You know, beat, beat up Dr. Trump. We're doing NASCAR now. Well, let me put my mask on first. Yeah, uh, yeah we should all be wearing masks, let, I suppose. Let's talk about um, South Carolina. Get that out of the way, and then we'll. I I, I think it's. Uh, oh. I think it's really kind of a uh, uh, a game changer in a lot of ways. Well, one of the reasons I was late, I was sitting outside listening to Joe speak. Oh yeah, it yeah, was. We, it was Pretty good. He's pretty, pretty, he's, pretty he's good. probably he doing good. He's he wasn't very good. He wasn't very good, but he was pretty good. And uh, he was fired up. He was fired up. He's he's got to be feeling it. He's um, feeling his oats. So the, the the biggest takeaway that I'm taking, <laughs> don't mean to be redundant, from Biden winning big is Sanders not. You know, it goes back to the question of momentum, right? And I wish kind of Knobs was here because 
You know, he's a Bernie bro. Yeah, he is. And, you know, we talked about does the first three contests that Sanders does well, and, you know, look at those contests, right? New Hampshire, Iowa caucus, and then another caucus. He did better than expected in Nevada caucus, but still a caucus, and caucuses are definitely in the heavy progressive favor, right? And, I mean, I I, I don't think... Nobbs was putting a stake in the ground saying Sanders' momentum is going to carry him through South Carolina. But I was certainly more skeptical. A lot of pundits were. They were they were anointing They started him. to anoint him, absolutely. That's, that's the worst thing you could do. We're four states in. Well, I, I, I know history tells you this is going to happen if these four states go this way. But I'm sorry. I, I, I had a hard time seeing him. It's such a different race this time. Him. And when the history part, it seems like, especially in modern time, say the last, you know, eight elections, you know, that's what, 32 years or whatever, every one of those is so unique. You know, it's just really hard to make conclusions off of, they're just so free, infrequent, you know. And, and the same thing with the Trump dynamic in 2016. It's just, you know, that was a different dynamic than 2008 and 2012 and 2000. So um, I, I didn't think, I, I honestly didn't think that Bernie was going to do that well in South Carolina. I don't think he thought he was going to do that well in South Carolina. Well, he was hoping the momentum. That's the whole thing. You yeah. Know, that the mem- momentum of Nevada was going to carry him there. So so what it does now, your, your wheels are turned over there. Like yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think that it's actually kind of more important. It's early. But we're a few states in. It's more important for me to watch the numbers of voters than who they're voting for. I like that too. And yeah. then secondly, it's more important turnout. For right, me you're to looking watch. for turnout. You know, we we've got, you know, we've got lane A and we've got lane B. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me to see that. And uh, what is disappointing is that it's time for for people to drop it's time for us to not have to hear from Tulsi and Tom Steyer and dare I say it Amy Klobuchar as well right no as much as we like Amy Klobuchar I mean because we're not going to get the real a b lane message with a fragmented uh, lane and and kind of a is it a fragmented lane? Is are both lanes sort of fragmented? I mean, a little bit. You know, because I mean, where's the Phil Warren there. now, right? Where, where, yeah, where, where do you put Warren? Well, I think it's not. It's I think I don't think it's too early to drop. I mean, hardly any states have actually voted yet. I mean, like you haven't even heard from the West Coast. Hello. No, we're gonna hear that yeah. Tuesday, right? Yeah. Tuesday, right? So why should these women drop out? Just because they've lost a few states, I, I mean, don't want early. them to. It's just yeah, no, I I don't either. I mean, it's I'm, just a numerical my thing. Ballot in the car, and it's yeah, you've got sitting there with the lane. a woman's name on it um, right now. Yeah, well, I'm not calling <laughs> you out about that. I just feel like just because a few states are in, it does. It's the whole primary mess, which you know we probably all agree on that. Well, but. there's 56 percent in, and Biden's still at 50 percent. I think yeah. the. Uh, that will narrow a little bit, I think. I, I think the danger that Bernie has brought to the party is where will he take his movement if his movement can't get to the end? Ugh, don't even, don't even. That's give me danger. that agenda, that, man. That's why I feel like the the coalescing on in lane B, so to speak, 
needs to happen, and I can see already what's happening in lane A, that it's a matter of stacking delegates to protect at the end of the road. You know, I, I, I've been trying to figure this out on my own because, you know, tonight they were saying, you know, Biden wants these other folks to stay in the race because they'll take the, 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 he may not get those delegates, but they'll take them away from Bernie as he tries to narrow the gap, which right. is now like 29 delegates to 45 delegates or something like that. But I've also heard the pundits talking about how Bernie wants them all to stay in the race. So that's fragmented. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So what is well, the, the, what, the what is the, <laughs> the what is actually going to happen? I'm trying to figure out. Not that I've actually even called it myself. I mean, if, if Bernie wins, I don't know if that's a horrible thing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. So I, I understand like there's the stop Bernie movement, and I'm not sure I, I buy into it. He's oh, not I'm my on favorite. Train. He's no. not my favorite candidate. I'm, I'm not on that train until the stop Bernie movement, or until the Bernie movement is second tier until it's obvious that he's not the nominee and then your concern is and then my concern is does does he get on board because and and the fear is right that he is the the better he does the more bitter he's going to be if he doesn't get there well i don't know about if it's actually him that's going to be better i think it's his movement he like, where is our friend Nobbs if Bernie doesn't make it to the end? Oh, he's all blue, and he will vote. I think we learned from the Hillary-Trump fiasco that, you know, Sanders has to get his people out. He has to get them out if he doesn't win. He's got to get them out to vote. And he has to get out, get them out early, and he has to get on board. But why don't we want Sanders to win? I don't get this. Oh, no, no, I, I don't think anyone's saying that. Oh, all right. I mean, I, like I said... Nobbs would, but he... I, I will... I. I you know, we're, I'm going to cast my vote in Michigan for, you know, whoever I really want to win. Not on who I think is electable, not because there's momentum. I'm going to cast my vote in Michigan for who I think is going to win. And then the rest you're of gonna, it just falls in the you're place. You're going to cast your vote for who you think who's going to win. No, I want to win. Who I want. Who you want to win. Did I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Miss, misspeak there? Yeah. Some polls say that California is going to go all Warren. I, I've heard Bernie is in the lead on polls, too. Yeah. Um, one two, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. lane A, lane A. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But right now, that lane A is just burning. I mean, you right. know, right. Warren right. did horrible right. in South Carolina, four I mean, or six percent of the votes. I mean, I don't know what the the numbers were when I left. It was kind of pathetic. So For Warren, yeah, the numbers that the the yeah the fourth and fifth place were putting up. Well, even even second place. I mean, if 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 Biden's gobbling up fifty one percent. And then you know yeah. you got Bernie coming in at seventeen, and it you got you got Steyer at eleven, um, forty nine, nineteen, oh, eleven. Oh, you got a running total. Cool. Now was Bloomberg on this ballot? Nope. No. See, he still wasn't on the ballot. He's not jumping in until I thought Super he was. Tuesday. Yes, yeah, he's jumping in Super Tuesday. I thought he no. was on the ballot. Nope, he was skipping the first four. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Bird. You're from Seattle. Yes. What are what are you and your friends talking about? Just get we're Michiganders. You're still a Michigander, yeah. technically. <laughs> she is. She came from here. She's one of us. But I mean, you've lived out there for thirty years out west and and I'm sure it's a different take on things. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially Seattle is very progressive. What are you and your friends talking about and 
who are the people that they want to see come in? We just, talk just, about getting rid of plastic straws. Ah. <laughs> no more plastic straws. I didn't expect that. But, oh, okay. single-use plastic? Yeah, and no more plastic bags. There's no carousels of plastic bags in our grocery stores and no plastic straws at the bar. So there's that difference already, right? That's a huge thing. Because everywhere I go here, plastic straws, plastic bags. Yes. Yes. None. But other than that, on the politics end of it, most of the people I talk to are volunteering for Warren or Sanders. Okay. And that's where it's at. We were Sanders state, I think, until we went. Of course, we all voted Hillary. But, I mean, I think that people are worried, super worried. And then we've got the high-tech people who maybe sometimes support Trump, and then they don't. And then you got, you know, Bezos running all around town saying he's going to lay everyone off. No, he's going to make a headquarters. No, he's not. So we're constantly in flux. And we want a little town, and yet we have all these high-tech workers that are taking over. So capitalism isn't really working in Seattle. That's what they talk about. So how does that play in the larger arena of who's going to be president? Like, what's happening to the inequality of the economy? I would say that's people talk about most. Mm. And that's their number one issue. Because we have a huge... Um, housing crisis. Kind of like the same affordability-wise. Same, same, same. We've got people camping in tents and in RVs all over the place. That have full-time jobs. That have full-time jobs. Probably good paying. And of course we have mental illness issues as well, but for the most part, I would say 90% of the people on the street have jobs that they can't afford to live in Seattle or the outskirts of Seattle. So, What about uh, the east side of your state? It's a little bit different. It's a tiny bit different. It's a different state. Mountains to get over there. Yeah, I've had conversations with non-blood relatives that tell me that there's a distinct difference. You're absolutely right. I'm coming from a Western Washington perspective, and the people in rural Washington have different challenges and different uh, obstacles, and they're definitely more gun-friendly and more um, conservative. Do they have the Many same levels. influx that Idaho is seeing of uh, retired military and? Um, you know, I don't. Are the, are the values changing? I, I guess is what I'm saying. Faster and just as fast in the east as they are in the west, relative to population. Perhaps you know, I I wouldn't. I don't know, but I know that the farmers are upset about a lot of problems going on out there with their cherries and their potatoes and just the tariffs. So I I find Let that get enough handout. Yeah. Well, yeah. get enough that's, socialism. The, more see, socialism. See, that's the, that's, it's, it's a crust of the biscuit there, right? Right. I right. mean, they vote against their own interests. Yeah. And, and then um, you know they're going to try and shift the blame to somebody else. Um, you know, because they're what they consider to be, you know, big C conservative, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and they can't get off of that idea, even though, you know, almost like you know, being a farmer almost makes you a socialist, right? <laughs> you would <laughs> You're think, feeding right? the masses, right? <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. yeah. You definitely would be a piece of that socialist pie. <laughs> you would, yeah, right, right. But you know, we it, we have so much money in that town, and yet so many people are suffering. And I didn't see that much when I've been around Detroit and the inner city areas, and different pockets of the neighborhoods around here. But if you were in Seattle, everywhere you turn, you'd see somebody camping in a tent outside on the sidewalk everywhere it's, it's interesting about Detroit and we could do another show on homelessness but 
uh, yeah, you travel quite a bit. I travel quite a bit. And uh, Detroit doesn't have a homeless problem. Like, you go to places like San Francisco, San Diego. Well, I'm curious about that. Seattle. And and it doesn't, um, Detroit doesn't have that kind of issue. It's not, it's not like front, you know, it's not an article every day on the front page about homelessness in Detroit when you would in places like, you know, on the coast. I don't know if it's weather or economy or a combination of both. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, that's, that's not to say that there isn't homeless people in Detroit, right? I don't, I don't want anyone to make it seem like I'm, I'm sugarcoating it. It's just not to the level of other cities, not to the level of Chicago, New York. Yeah. And, those, and they have similar weather, right? So yeah. then that kind of says, okay, it's not the weather. Huh. It's possible it's not as transparent. <gasps> Wait, I got it. There aren't that many people here. <laughs> no, I think that's a big piece that of it. That is part of it because Absolutely. there's more housing per whatever capita. Maybe that's it. No, I, I think that, that, you know, so many people in the last 30 years have exited out of Detroit. It's a lot of people moving back now, but the people that are moving back can afford to live there. And it's really not a cheap place to move into anymore. So, yeah, you know, that didn't last too long. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, um, but, but during the, the exodus part, you know, that's when you were going to have so many of the poor leave. And I, you know, I think it's probably half of what it was back in, you know, like 1970, right? Oh, I think it was probably 25%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we're, we're struck. I think Detroit proper is yeah, struggling at the million level. I don't think it's at a million. Yeah, because you can drive around here and never be stuck in traffic. That's why I know <laughs> it's not that's a safe way. That's a you know a data point. But, but again, no traffic in Detroit is not as bad as many other cities. You know, but but true, true. A lot of the traffic problems but, that I'm relating but, are suburban. But Blato, going back to your thing about. We're in a bubble out there, mm-hmm. and we know it. And I think a lot of my... That's why we wanted to get in that bubble. That's why Fred asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my friends are concerned that they're in a bubble and that their comfortable lifestyle isn't helping anyone else. And I do feel like, it, you know, maybe not in my backyard doesn't play because they are worried about what they see is going on in the streets, and they don't know how to fix it, and there isn't any leadership or institutional help that's going to do it because one individual, one group of people can't do it. These are institutional big as problems and I I think some of Yang's um, arguments rang pretty true for some people in Seattle not just because he's a high-tech you know entrepreneur or whatever Mm -hmm. but because he's like you know what hey these tech companies this new world you are not bringing your stuff up by the bootstraps you are not gonna make 75,000 be comfortable in the next you know to bring up a family of four God forbid if you have any more you know yeah and you're not gonna be able to buy a house and you're not gonna be able to get a job that affords the comfortableness of your parents or your you know older brothers and sisters and people know that living out there because they feel it every day so what what is the answer to that and why haven't the Democrats stepped up as a group said we will Organize childcare for people. We will organize um, low-income housing, or 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 um, subsidize your rents. Or why isn't there more help from the Democrats before we get to all these talking points? And I think that's what people. When are When you say about. help, do you mean uh, on a on a state or a municipal or a federal level? Local level. There was a study in New York where a guy, you know, decided he was going to help his neighbor. And then he told his neighbor to help his neighbor. And this is not like a folklore. It actually happened. And then when it came time to uh, elect local councilmen, they're like, you should run. You've helped so many people. And then he ran and he won. And then he went higher and higher in office. But the model is you create. And his name is AOC. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like that. But no, you create community support so that you're creating services, not just talking during the election time, but that people can depend on you to organize support for your everyday community needs, whether it's, you know, child care, housing, um, elder care is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not against the law. There's ways you have to work it. Yeah, she but, looked at you when she said elder care, by the I did. way. did. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the Friends, sandwich. We graduated together, so I'm going to fire back. What's the sandwich? She, 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 she doesn't have an eight-inch gray beard either. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, what's in there? Uh, a couple of Cheetos. Yeah. Corona. Coronavirus. Oh, coronavirus. You probably, probably hide a bird in there. Anyway, so there is a model out there, and, and, and it used to be that way, okay, just like when the Italian first came into town or the Ukrainians or whatever they relied on their elders and when it's time to vote you voted that guy's way because you know they've helped you all these years where are the Democrats helping what, people? What, what, what I sense from what you're saying and take this message back to Seattle they're not walking the talk right is that is, is, right yeah you're, you're saying they talk about progressiveness they talk about all these ideas yeah but shit ain't happening that's what. That's, right. you, you, yeah. Focus on the plastic straws. Focus on the plastic straws <laughs> and right. not on the homeless. The not on the incoming income inequality. But we're going to talk about the you know, splinter issues: trans, um, you know, uh, small healthcare situations, you know, all sorts of things. We focus on the splinter of events. The splinter. Um, me, 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 me. Right. Yeah. But what about the big institutional? Uh, revolution of change that we need to and bridge it, this and, gap of inequality and get people And is that because where, where California is doing some of those things, California is, in many ways, walking the walk, walking the talk. Seattle, and then therefore, in many cases, Washington, is very much run by an oligarchy, an oligarchy right? I mean, those big high-tech guys that are with the pulling all the strings in many ways, right? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And is that the reason why? That it's there, there's that concentration of wealth that was created um, by that tech industry up there. Yeah. And um, and you know Are you saying their philanthropic efforts are not focused as local? Because maybe that's it's it. well known that Microsoft is our housing you know, crisis is probably like sixty percent caused by Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. the number of people were moving in were 81 people a day. Yeah. And there were not enough units. And, you know, when the average tech income in Seattle is 275 a year. Um, average. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's a lot above that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of below that as well. Yeah, but yeah. those, you know, that's why there's the homelessness, because those people are living in tents. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No... I just think overall, there would be more people jumping off the Trump wagon if the Democrats were doing something to help their culture, their immediate problems. Yeah, I I don't I, I agree with you because we have some states go the other way. You know, I, I I try and think about you know what's possible at a federal level versus a, a state level, and you know it's great when you you know you you hear about states doing more on health care and more on education and uh, things like that. Um, you know, maybe that is the answer. You know, I focus often on, you know, why can't these things get done at the federal level? And 
um, maybe they should be done more lo more localized. So what I'm talking about is the Democratic National Committee, not the Democrats who are in the House mm -hmm. and in the Senate, but the folks who are running the national and the local and the regional organizations to create. I, see, I, I don't put any... Uh, any credibility in, in, in that organization, just like the RNC. I really don't. I don't I'm not even a big Tom Perez fan. I, no. But it, they could create credibility. They could create I community. I don't know that's their job. I think it's time to change it. That's where I, I'm going. I think, you know, um, what I hear is that this is something that Democrats have brought upon, in your opinion, that they've brought upon themselves year after year, election yeah. after election. And it needs to stop, for sure. But I, I think that the most, the, the first thing, the first step towards stopping that is is getting rid of the Citizens United verdict that allows so much money in politics so that people can, can so corporations can use their money to suppress what the people actually prefer. I think that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. The, that would uh, uh, open up the lanes and the avenues for the community-based uh, upswell that you're you're calling for. Yeah. So you're tying the two together. <clears throat> oh, entirely. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think yeah. I, I think that's probably and right. I had heard Citizens United is really pushing straws. <laughs> it's just what I've heard. Well, of course. Down turtles neck. So, so here's a here's a direct direct reason why, because the straw manufacturer is contributing to the plastic a, manufacturer. A, a, yeah. The plastic manufacturer and the plastic lobby lobby is contributing to the whole mess that we have. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. saying so. So yeah, definitely, plastic straws are the problem. <laughs> Finally, uh, we figured it. Hey, now see, we need see, to make a plan. Um, Did you guys not know about the plastic straw ban? No, yeah. no, we heard, of, oh, yeah, we heard okay. about it. Yeah. Well, big gulps up there? I wouldn't know. <laughs> you know, because New York had the big gulp ban, right? Yeah. yeah. Bloomberg brought along. Oh, well, we have the sugar tax. Oh, a sugar tax. Yeah. And what do they do with the money, though? See, what do they do with that sugar mm. tax? I don't know. They yeah, buy plastic straws, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to go to the schools, but everyone, oh, everything's supposed to go. Everything's supposed right. to go. Right. And then they right. got those juice boxes that they hit the plastic straws with. <laughs> so we strayed a little bit from South Carolina. Oh, just reel it back in. A tad bit different. Um, it was uh, good conversation. Though, it was so awesome. I'm not going to apologize it was, it was, for it was asking awesome. the question. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe when I think about. The, the, the mess, in my opinion, that has been the um, Democratic primary uh, so far. I, 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 this is where, when I said I don't like Tom Perez, you know, they'll talk about making changes and then they don't make any changes. I mean, this is the exact same schedule that we had four years ago. Completely different dynamic, but there's got to be some smarter people in the room to say, here's what's going to play out if we do this primary schedule. Because it's played out pretty much like a lot of people predicted. You know, the only the only hiccup in the prediction was Bernie did so well in Nevada. Not that he won, right? But it was going to be Bernie and Buttigieg, one and two in in Iowa, Bernie in New Hampshire, and now Biden in South Carolina. That is that has been so predictable. And 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 then 
everybody running towards Super Tuesday, and who knows what's going to happen, right? Any predictions? Well, Any predictions? What's going to happen Super Tuesday? What are there? Fourteen states. Fourteen states. Fourteen states. Forty percent of the delegates. Half of them are Why Texas did, and California. Yeah. Why did they even do that on one day like that? I, I it, it what doesn't make logic it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, <clears throat> one of the reasons they do it, they stack them like that, is you want to get that decision over earlier so you can coalesce around so your, they're trying your to nominee. blow up the first they're four. trying to blow it up that's yeah uh, okay yeah and the ohio caucus and the the first in the nation primary in new hampshire have clung on on to their status yeah, so Iowa caucus. as a way you said Ohio, but Iowa caucus. Iowa caucus. I what did I say? Iowa. Ohio. 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 Yeah. Ohio caucus. Ohio. What what happens in Ohio? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Fuck guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So that's they do that on purpose. That's a, that's a way of mitigating. Okay. All so, the but what they have to do then is you know again blow up the first four. Like just you know what I mean. You know we don't need those individual here. Just I mean, envelope them into Super Tuesday. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know why you just couldn't do right out of the gate, do four states right out of the gate, first week, you know what I mean? Do some red, do some blue, do some purple, whatever, and then maybe you do like six states, and then ten states, four states, six states, and whatever, and the whole thing's done in five weeks, and, you know? The, not allowed. The well, I mean, no, they're, they're not allowed because the DNC... It's not allowed because the DNC won't change it, but it's allowed. They can, they can, they have that power. That's what they can do, Bird. They can, right. they can change all that. I, I don't know how much they they can affect policy. I'm not, you so know. they could. Well, they're gonna, they're they gonna could. do that at the, at the convention. What? They'll they'll make those rules at the convention. Huh. Yeah. That's that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, if you want to do that. Let's let's make sure we get Bernie in because Bernie's going to bring that. Bernie, AOC, Tom Perez is going to be gone. Yeah, Lane A. Yeah, Lane right? A, Lane A. Lane A will Lane A will, 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 will at least work towards that, right? Yeah. Will at least yeah. work towards that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Lane B is more status quo and still a little scary. What's the, well, okay, but here's 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 the counter argument to that. It's not scary. Because it's probably more predictable and practical, right? I right. mean, and that's like someone like Klobuchar. That's her whole case, right? I'm, 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 I'm a practical Democrat. I'm not promising you the world, right? Right. It's not right. sticking in the primaries. Where no. The primaries are pretty much known for radicalism in a certain way, right? I mean, well, that's yeah. All, all your activists come right. out and vote in the primaries. All that glitters is gold. You know what's? In, you know what I was thinking about. Um, with this uh, South Carolina thing, because I kind of, in some ways, feel like it's the first real true Democratic primary we've had, right? It hasn't been a caucus, and it's got a large minority population, um, and, you know, that drives a lot of the Democratic vote nationally. Why do you not say Nevada? Because they caucus. Caucuses are for oh, shit. What, what do you think about the ranked choice voting and, and all that early early vote? total that they put out and put down though that wasn't caucus right i don't get the mix i, I honestly i don't even understand it and i don't and I think, understand that either and i think rank rank force voting is good rank choice voting is great yeah but anyway i'm just saying so far south carolina is the best thing that we've had so far as 
you know, a true a primary. true primary for the Democrats, right? So here's the way I would analyze it, and maybe we can do the numbers later. But but what was the turnout for Democrats on the general election in 2016? Mm-hmm. And then what is the turnout for the primary of 2016? And then look at okay, here's the primary for 2020. What does that translate to as a as a same percentage? What, how many more votes will that be in 2020 general? You know, what well, I'm you, trying to make those conclusions to say because you, you I think you hit, hit on something about turnout earlier. Yeah, you have to factor in. Uh, just just want to get this out there. Yeah. You have to factor in the tremendous growth that South Carolina's. You know, the po- their population growth okay, okay. Is, is on the rise. It's like one of the fastest growing states. Throw it in there. Population wise. So you'd have to factor that into your numbers in too. In red or blue, do you know? In red or blue. Red people Just or blue people. people. Which, what kind of people? They're all, they're all <laughs> what the lane color. are they in? <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't see I color. Don't see color. <laughs> <laughs> they're blue lane B. <laughs> person i'm like hey could you move to you know one of those blue red states rather that's what i'm saying you know i mean you've got all uh, you've got all and and a significant amount of older people moving in south carolina right i guess retirement that that may not be good yeah unless it's okay boomer people here's the problem with all of that with global warming the coasts are going to disappear so they're all going to (laughs) be true. Well, then if they move into the Midwest states and the <laughs> That's south, right. we are here. They're going to be <laughs> more, here. you know, yeah. blue. Yeah. But but you follow me as trying to in, in, in like trying to predict based on primary outcome what's the general outcome going to be. And I think it's going to tell us a lot about where we end up in 2020. It, it, I think it's a that's uh, a valid number. I think that that um, you know, our our friend Mr. Kornacki's already on the big board. On the big board. Yeah. Those numbers. Yeah. Pop Tart can't stand the big board. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like um, how to re- reframe being part of politics and being part of the passion and being part of doing. You start a podcast. Yeah. Being part of doing something rather than seeing politics as entertainment. Because now we've moved it into the realm of the big stage, right? It's all a big, you know. That's yeah, a it's a good point. And and what are what are people doing to be politically active other than watching the national news headlines? And how are they getting involved? And how are they changing their communities? And how are they creating a space where people feel like somebody's helping another person? Uh, it starts with voting. But I I hear you. I mean, that's, no, no, I'm, I'm, no, you're that's right. a talking point. That's a yeah, talking point. No, you're right. Uh, or a cliche, but um, yeah, you're right. It's like it's um, it's it's like you know we re- we listen to more political news than we ever have in the history of this country. Like it's just it, we're inundated with yep. it. But what do we do with it? We watch more, and then we debate what we watched. But what do we actually do? Mm-hmm. Vote right, good. Right. We I try mean, to spread good messages. How much is watching that the the plastic straw? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I mean, people can make fun of the plastic straw thing, but it is something that got done. Yeah. Like, it, there, it, it was... It, oh, it, I'm not making fun of it. But, I'm just drawing a corollary. Right, right. But your eyes are distracted. Well, I think there has been some, like, counter-arguments proposed that it's not going to achieve what we think it's going to achieve, and, 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 then, and then there's the, what do they call it, the unforeseen consequences, the uh, unintended consequences, you know? So there's been some of that. Um, 
you know, if we start using plastic bags, we're cutting down more trees, whatever. So, meanwhile, you can go visit the the, the plastic island out in the Pacific and actually climb on it and and look yeah, right, through it. Look right. through it. It's yeah. an actual dense island, right? Right, right, right. But what what I'm saying is, there's there's arguments to be made out there by smart people that saying plastic banning plastic straws is not going to achieve what you want it to achieve. That, that, that's all. But um, but that being said, what you still have to appreciate about those kind of movements in California and Washington. Oregon. And I'm always so tempted to say Seattle because they are like two separate states, right? Right, right. You know, Seattle, you know, California, Seattle, Portland, and really it's California, you know, Washington, Oregon. Well, it's Southern California, really. Northern California is kind of split, too. Well, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like every state. Yeah. The rural areas are still trying to figure things out <laughs> and, and doing it poorly. <laughs> but anyway, I'm back to my original point that you know, e- even though it's 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 probably small and laughable and maybe not even really uh, achieving what it intended to do, it did start grassroots. Yeah. You know, banning straws and banning plastic bags only starts grassroots. Yeah. And and it makes you know, people aware. And I the mean... people that were behind those grassroots movements, you know. They have been high-fiving themselves ever since, and yeah. good for them. They're, Look at they're composting. Composting was a thing that started in hippies' backyards or in You do it in your kitchen. It grosses me out. Everyone you does do it. You do it, Lefty? On the West Coast. Um, it's a law. You have to do it. You have to compost. We don't. We don't compost anymore. We used to. Yeah. 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 yeah it it uh, took a back seat when, uh, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, God forbid, Family four. Well, yeah. God didn't forbid me, so I had more. <laughs> now I don't know what it'd be like to compost for family Brad, would four. You compost I have a chihuahua. That's it. No, no, never. Compost. I mean, it's it's pretty simple to do, right? You just throw it in a can. I mean, it cuts down on so much, no. you know, yeah. landfill and waste and the whole thing. So you got your, you know, your recyclable thing, and then you have see your- recycling's bullshit. Recycling is absolute bullshit. Agreed, but it does it does help a little bit because it's not going to landfill; it's going somewhere else. No, a lot of it ends up in landfill. <laughs> no, I know it's, it's really does. small. I, you know, I mean, I, I recycle; I feel good about it. But I know that in the end, my the, the problem is you recycling. The, I rinse it out, but but you just that, scrub it. Do you put but, pizza boxes in the recycling? It depends on how greasy they are. That Get off my back. Compost. <laughs> However, recycling is not the answer. We Correct. came up with this deal. Yes. Like, oh, we can we can have this great cool can and it's recyclable. But it's not recyclable to go anywhere. There's just not. No, the it's point not, is less consumerism. Yes. That is the key to less garbage in the ocean and the landfills is but, less consumerism. But our economy. Well, that's going to happen because of the coronavirus. <laughs> All the supply chains. <laughs> Fred's been waiting down the toilet. Fred's been waiting. The Get there for the coronavirus. <laughs> well, but I our economy is built on the CPI. So what he's saying, like, yeah. oh, okay. Got to turn it all around. Yeah, we got to yeah. flip it. Yeah. Bird, you hit on something it, earlier that was interesting to me. And it kind of, the, the, the community-based um, politics. And uh, I'll tie it in with something else. Because... F- a few of my friends and, and a couple of my family members even have, have queried me because they know I'm active in, in po- political thought and, and I, I will gladly give my opinion. Um, they, they say, why should I vote? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I won't make a difference. I'm just one person. And what c- 
community-based politics does is comes up with an idea like plastic straws and somebody leads the way and it is an important local thing that people like those my my friends and relatives may possibly grasp onto and bring them in and i think that's why it's a good point i love that point i really let's take it to something saying saying how do you get how how do you get disaffected voters in to the process and that's exactly my point which i wasn't illustrating well let's just take it out of plastic straws for a minute but real people's problems right like child care or elder care sure like what can this community do as a group who kind of see an issue and they're like, shoot, we've got all this. What's our main problem? Our parents That's can't right. get to work or our kids don't have enough money for school lunches. What can we do in our local community and local politics to change that little thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, then it people be- feel empowered. But the big institutional things we can't do. But if you can do a little here and there, then you feel like, oh, yeah, there is something. And then maybe someone from that group starts to rise a little That's bit. Right. And then next thing you know, they're on city council. Then yeah. they're a mayor. Yeah. And then, and then they're running for president. And then they president. go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and they go to jail. Opposite. It seems they like they get opposite results there at the end. But. Uh, you know, I just read that. <laughs> I think Bert thinks all politicians end up in jail. Eh? No, I just heard, I just heard that Kwame wants his thing. You know. Well, of course commuted. he does. Yeah. yeah. Of course he does. What's it, it called? A thing? What's it called? He wants his sense commuted. 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 Yeah. 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 Like, but he's been wanting out. Blagovich. He's been using you know, every angle possible to get out since he went in. Blagojevich. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he'll turn Trumpster. It does seem like a lot of years, though. What was it, like 28? 28. Yeah, he did get a lot. He did get a lot. Yeah. For girlfriend well, texting or something like that? No. We don't want to rehash. Kind of did more than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was really corrupt. It was really, really corrupt. Something different for a change. Um, and I was making the, the, the point uh, last time I was on, because I missed last week, about, you know, People want to compare white-collar sentencing to violent crime sentencing, and you don't make that comparison. They're, they really ought to be handled completely separate. And having really stiff sentences for white-collar crime is something that is needed in this country. Agreed. Uh, you know, violent crime, just, you know, treat those on a case-by-case basis. But white-collar crime is far more... Uh, dangerous uh, dangerous to society. And yeah. institutional. Yeah. And so, you know, when just individuals within that create that much havoc they should really pay a heavy price and well, those sentences happen those and, and that should be a deterrent yeah but not enough when when you have not enough uh, uh when you don't have an independent judicial system like we don't have well an independent judicial system no, now right right there's all kinds of reasons for for that i i i always like to kind of bring it down to just basically always like just one sort of defense it always seems, you know, to work in white-collar crimes, and that is plausible deniability. Any level of plausible deniability, then you get mm-hmm. to, you know, when, 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 when you go mug somebody, there's very little in the way of plausible deniability, right? I mean, you, you, you know, right, uh, you, sure, you might be sure. very well just, you know. Maybe sentencing guidelines you know, based on, on um but siphoning money off the top of something done to yeah. the community yeah. would right. be a, a right. factor. And who knows? I, I don't know what the sentencing guidelines are anymore. I have, would have no idea um, how they factor in those things, but I would imagine some of that is factored in. Well, but then when you've got a president that comes in over top and 
Yeah, and, and and changes the rules. That's and has yeah. an AG that's willing to do it. Yeah. But we've already kind of hit on that. Okay, so uh, we we do want to get to the next beer, next topic. But uh, we have more beer. Uh, wow. This is bottoms up. A double wow. beer show. Um, but uh, do we want to touch on the coronavirus thing? We've got to we got to bring it up, right? It's the hottest thing in the news. Did anybody bring coronas? That would be great. Uh, <laughs> you know, I read an article not about Michigan made. how their sales are dropping. No, they're not. You, oh, oh they're news. not. Fake news, fake Mark. news, Mark. You guys should have a button for that. I don't know. You need a button for that. Like that's easy, hot, hot topic. Okay, stuff. we're we're gonna we're gonna look that up and get back to you. But anyway, we heard a headline. Yeah. Do you remember there was a, a weight loss candy called AIDS? Chocolate. Yeah. 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 What yeah. happened? <laughs> Bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They leaking weight at the same time of age eventually was going to run its course anyway. No, whatever. Okay, but um, I mean, the story about the coronavirus as it relates to the U.S. goes back to the presidents, right? I mean, you know, there's not much of a political story here. There's a humanity story of, um, you know, how serious this is or could be. But really what we have to look at is why do we have ineptitude once again in the forefront when we need leadership, right? Because we have a brainless orange moron at the helm of the ship. Well, and he surrounds himself with brainless and sycophants, orange sycophants yeah. lapdogs. I mean, his definition of leadership is what keeps him in the lead. Yeah. And that's the problem. Instead of identifying and transparently allowing our systems to work, instead of dismantling before, we can talk about that too. In fact, they dismantled the CDC before it even happened. Yeah, no, no. This was this was destined to happen. People predicted this was going to happen. It's just a matter of how quickly it has come. Yeah. You know what crap like that boils down to? He's trying to erase Obama ever existed. Oh, that's the, yeah, the, the, that, yeah. that, is, the, the, that is the basis of it. Because he's not smart enough to figure any other angle out. He's such a <laughs> right. simpleton right. that all he can Eventually focus simpleton. on is we had a black president and that can't stand. Whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole. whack-a-mole. So we're going to go after the things that he put together. Not all of them were great. It didn't matter to him. What matters to him is they were created by Obama. And yeah. so his goal, regardless of the cert- of the repercussions or, or the consequences, yeah. he's getting rid of it. So you don't think it's the 3D chess? Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> my guess is he's going to have the brightest light on him at the Hall of Presidents of, uh, of any of them down in Disney World. <laughs> that, that's his goal. That's his goal is to be the biggest, brightest, best president in his thought of what the best president. I don't is. know. I kind of see him on The Bachelor after a while because what's her face is going to dump him and he'll be on The Bachelor. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's kind of tough tough to looks more and more like him. She's kind of tough to figure out. I really, yeah, but I don't want to try and figure her out. Well, well, we were well, talking they, about the coronavirus, yes, right. right? Well, they gutted the CDC. They, right. they basically removed the chain of command that would handle pandemics, <laughs> epidemics, those kind of things. But, you know, it isn't just end there. 
You remember that book I was telling you I read? You know I don't read, so when I read a book, it's kind of like it should really stick with you. Okay. <laughs> and it, stick it, with it you, was about <laughs> presidents not filling cabinet positions, not filling all no. these different um, agencies of the government. And in the Obama people were like waiting for their people to show up in the transition. Yes, yeah, I know what you're talking no about. No one's now. showing up. Yeah. So basically, he was on the warpath to gut just about any agency. Because he's an autocrat, right? Right, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think there's two reasons. And Noah he, was a, one of the biggest ones in the book, and, that, and that's the the weather people because yeah, national of oceanographic whatever uh, and it had to do with the global warming a, atmospheric noah, association right? yeah they yeah. gutted noah that was just another example yeah. right along with the cdc i thing. think that we, we have, have space a space force, force. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Jamie. Come> <laughs> bottoms up bottoms up, that bottoms up. Bottoms <laughs> i don't know what the outfit is yet though <laughs> what camouflage should you wear in space <laughs> Uh, I thought they were getting sued over that. I'm pretty sure I heard it was orange. <laughs> orange. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, I didn't mean to get derailed there, but... Well, I think it's a real scary thing because I just, you know, heard that that person died in Kirkland. In and that's what's Washington. And yeah, we have oh, good I'm going hospitals. to Costco tomorrow. I'm doing that now. And, you know, we have that's really good hospitals and, you know, fairly decent people to take care of people. And that's kind of kind of interesting that that happened. Yep. Yep. And, and he was one of the unknowns, right? He is a community virus person, yeah. yes. Right. But he was a no health to begin say. with. Well, yeah, but that what does that mean? That makes no difference. Well, I mean, according to the president, if you're obese, yay, if, or of ill health, you, you're probably in trouble. But, but if there you're was, healthy, there, there like was only injury. a mythical 15 for the Correct. country of 330 million. How did, we're, we're, this guy's not even being counted. Did in he the lick method. an no. envelope that somebody sent him from China? <laughs> I mean, that didn't happen. Yeah, Costanza. You guys, the Costanza theory. I mean, like uh, that. It, it's it's a little, um, I think, disturbing for for even smart people to think about because we're like, well, how did that happen? How how and that there's a school kid in um, what California and or, or Oregon, Oregon, what in Oregon? There's there's a kid infected. Yeah, because uh, that, that was one thing that who's never traveled, we were talking never about gone anywhere. That that yeah, the children. We were talking about that earlier in my house today. How the children seem relatively unaffected in all these countries, but now you're saying that that's not the case. That's the only one I've heard of. So, and then of course yeah. there's the other one, the the people that are getting cleared, and then showing up positive again. Really? Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Are they part of the yeah, magical yeah. 15? Because there's only 15. <laughs> there's only 15. There's only 15. There's well, 15. it's a hoax. Well, that's so, true, So, therefore, too. I'm, I'm not even sure how you and, count 15. And you know what else? April's coming. Oh, and the warm weather. When April comes, they will... Oh, oh the it's vi- going to April be a showers. miracle, is what I heard. He yes. said it was a miracle. Yeah, from our yeah, Cheeto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if he's right? Chief Cheeto. What if this goes away in April? Never. It's not, but that's not the truth, though, because that's what we it's want. happening in all these other countries I, that are. But we want it to go away. But here's here's one of the ways it goes away: the media tires of it. I don't, I don't know think if the so. The going to tire. Uh, of this, this yeah, one. you you are wrong about that. The media will definitely tire of this. I will bet you, we will see coronavirus coverage fall off the table by. 
The next hurricane? No, probably next. I, I give it ten days max. Ten that, days max. Oh, How can I, you say I, that? I would take that so because the media just drops things no, all the time. No, but the thing so about you're, it, though, you're saying we're peaking. We're peaking on coronavirus. No, we're done. In media, no. Alex O. Mr. Blatto. I don't know. I can't find that because I feel like this is a serious thing. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll announce to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, so I, the, I don't see how it could drop j- just because I think it's going to escalate here. I think you're right, in, in, Mr. Fred. It, I don't think they're going to be able to let it go. Because just just because dumbass says it's going to go away in April, it's not. No, going he's not. Away. He's not banking in that. He's banking on the media dropping it. And 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 as much of a dumbass as he is, he is pretty smart about the media. But I think it's going to be politicized, and we're in the middle of an election. Well, okay. I don't. It's interesting. I, I, the politics side of this is pretty cool because, you know, the Democrats are trying to use this to their advantage, saying he is you know woefully ill prepared. It's his Katrina is what they're saying. Okay, but that still hasn't really gotten that much traction. So we will have to see because because right now it's not a, it's 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 not affecting as many people, right? It's 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 not as big an issue. Do you know why though? Well, well, I know you know why. Because we haven't tested enough. Because we've tested under five hundred right. people. We don't even have enough kits to 330 test. Three hundred thirty million, and they're saying I, I saw some congressman on TV the other night saying that. South Korea is producing like a hundred thousand of these kits per day that we could purchase, and they'd be here the next day, and then we'd get a, a more accurate number or a feeling for what kind of trouble we're in. Yeah, but they're not doing it. They're not taking advantage of this stuff. Does anyone know who who would you test? Like, how do you like who decides who gets tested? Well, I think that there's a, um, you know, you, you would have to go on symptoms of fever and flu-like symptoms. When you just think you had the flu, then. Well, well true. It's, it's a respiratory thing. It has to be <clears throat> yeah. involvement of the lungs. So, but they're not just testing healthy people, are they? What you In China, I think they are. Like, if there was, you know, I, I, they're not going to the. You believe anything China does? Says. No, no. What I'm, what I'm, I'm trying to, to get to Bird's question is, you're just not going to go around and just start testing healthy people, no, no, are no. you? Like Lefty said, yeah, right. you're showing yeah. symptoms. Right. Yeah. Be showing but symptoms. How so, many people go to the doctors because they have the flu? Not very many, especially no. since most of the strains of flu last two or three days. You know right. it, right? You're going to have some, uh, you know, discomfort, right. and then it, you're going to sweat lingers. it out, and then that's it. Well, mm-hmm. it leads to you know the fall down of our healthcare situation because most people are not going to go to the doctors because they can't go. afford it, and it's going to be like a strain on their family finances, and they can going to get over the flu. They might have the virus, but yeah. Well, and, and where would you, you would go to get this mythical test that we don't have? Nebraska. Would you go? Would you go to the hospital? I think they have like you know they they're, they're, they have a glut out there. No, they have testing. Uh, yeah, they've, they've got. Well, would, you, would you go to the hospital to get that test? I'm gonna go to my do- if I have the flu. Okay, now if I have the flu, I don't know what I'm doing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a flu shot? You know? uh, no, not this year. No. So so go get a flu shot. I, I I'm not opposed to getting. It's a too flu late shot. to get a flu shot. Guy, never guy in my band, bass player, he had the flu shot. He. Just had the flu this week. Well, well, there's I mean, all different there, strains there, of flu. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to reduce your risk of getting the flu by 50% for no charge whatsoever? Now, that's not going to. Cover it? Now, the current flu shot doesn't count 
uh, against the, you know, COVID nineteen. No, not, but it not, would definitely definitely rule out. You know, things. not necessarily. Yeah. But uh, I'm not opposed. Well, to I, guess, I guess what I was trying to get to flu shot this year is just the convenience of it. The, the reason like, I asked if you were going to where you would go to get this this test is that going to the hospital is probably the absolute worst place that you could go <laughs> because that's where all the sick people are. Right. You know, that's where all these people no. are emanating. Now you've got what they bring, bring home 14 people from the diamond princess, as well as all those supposedly healthy people. They're not counted. They're not part of the, they're not part of the count. 15. But yet you've got HHS people. Oh, they've messed that up so bad. Yeah, getting yeah. inside there, and then all of a sudden now we have somebody Alabama. Sick. Alabama didn't want them. Shipped them to California. They don't want. I was crazy. But that's all medical related. They're all in, like enclosed in one place. No, thank you to the hospitals. Well, they put not them all on one plane, and the in the the national security people or the State Department. Right. Determined. Well, we'll just put up plastic sheets. We'll put the healthy people up here, or sick people back there, and not even tell the healthy people that we got. No, they sick they knew it because well, I, they I were think interviewed. they had a good idea. Yeah, they knew. <laughs> there, there were people back there in in visqueen rooms. <laughs> well, it was probably people they know from the ship. You know, that yeah. sounds like a nightmare. I think I think the thing is, cruise ships just got to go away altogether. Sink them. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were on a cruise. Yeah. Just got back. Do you have any issues with that? <laughs> no. He wore a mask the Wait whole time. No, I wore a mask on the plane, but it was useless. Is that blood in your beard? Yes. Uh, well, no, it makes you think about it because if you get in an Uber, I mean, you a car, right? Like in Seattle, I took an Uber to the airport, and I'm thinking, who was in this Uber before? Who was picked up before? Where am I? What's happening? Then I get to the airport, and... There's people just a sweaty mess everywhere. And you're like, that guy or that girl or that person or you don't know. I mean, you can't protect yourself against this. <laughs> I don't even, yeah. I, I, living like that will just drive you crazy. Right? I, I, I don't even think that way because, you right? know, it, it will just literally make you go bonkers. Yeah. But the, the, the larger point, I think, is the breakdown of the government than it is all these little things that we're talking about. We don't have any direction. We don't know what to do. The CDC's no mess. Consistent There's no local message. Credible information. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's the biggest well, problem. Why, you know, why why are people like, you know... Larry Kudlow? Larry Kudlow up there talking anything at all yeah, about... it's airtight. Uh, well, it isn't quite airtight, but we're just about there. Stocks are low. It's the time to buy. Yeah, buy. <laughs> <laughs> And then that Azar guy is laughing all the time. It's like, what are you laughing about, you clown? Well, that I mean, Mike Pence took your job. And, and, you know, the way that Trumpsters want Trump to talk on these issues, that's the part that just boggles the mind in, 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 in that, you know, from where they're at. I don't want to hear, you know, I, I didn't want to hear Obama talk about Ebola. I want to hear experts talk about Ebola. You, you yeah, know what I mean? Politician. Right. I, I, yeah, how, politician. how lost are you? If yeah. you need your president, your president, right, to to make you feel good about an, a pandemic, you, you you're pathetic at that point. Yeah, if that's I, what I you want to hear Jim Jones talk about Kool Aid. <laughs> that's a I don't know if that's a a good metaphor or not. I'm gonna ponder that on the next beer because I got to move this thing along, guys. I'm trying to tell you, we need another beer. We okay. need knobs. All right, Fred, go to the trove. Here we go. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her.
All right, the second offering from my dear friend Blato. This one goes to 11 ale. What, what do we got here? What's going on? Well, it's an Imperial Red IPA, which is why I purchased it. I thought it sounded a little bit different. I've never had an Imperial Red IPA, but I am just too slow on the uptake sometimes <laughs> because this one goes to 11 should have told me what the percentage the ABV is. is. <laughs> It was right there in your face, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, this I'm, one goes a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm just thinking spinal tap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes to 11. Right. And, um, and it does have the, the, uh, the volume knob on the label. The Brits would pass out, I'm just saying. Going back. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if high, ABV, would make it. if high ABV beers are, are pretty much a uh, U.S. thing. It is. Well, I don't know, beer. but it's not an English thing. I'll tell um, you that. Anyway, so it's a, a Bell's offering. Uh, as we already mentioned, the uh, ABV. Uh, we've gone louder again. And when we say louder, we mean this Imperial Red is double dry hop loaded with bold citrus which means grapefruit, and piney hops, uh, malt backbone, 11 different malts, louder. So 11 applies there, too. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Oh, sure. Anyway. So so malty and hoppy and IPA and alcohol and, <laughs> and red. And, and is it red? Do we know yet? Red IPA. I don't know. It says red, I think. You know, I think, did we have another, did we have a red IPA, and then we poured it in, and we thought, is that really? It's too bad knobs isn't here, because it has a knob on the label. Yeah. My daredevil glass. So I think we should cheers to knob. Oh, you're right. This is a good knobs beer. On the other hand, it does say L, too, so we got. L or ale? Ale. That's red. You want? What? To pour it? What are you doing? No, just, you know. I don't want it to go spilling on my leg. Um, well, the way I, it says it's this we one to goes ale to oh, 11. Oh, we'll do that. Is the way I read it. Oh, but, I uh, skipped kind of. a system there. All right. All right. Uh, All I want to say I got is the generous pour going on on this I one. I would say that's a red eye. My period. confidence looks yeah. no, it's, it's about it, that it's, high. It's, it's not Apple. quite a, a red yeah, amber. Not, not, <laughs> What's going on? I don't we know. have two different conversations I don't know what they got going on over there. Um... We're talking about the color of the beer. We're, you guys are in lane A, and we're in lane B. <laughs> a little bit more conservative. Right. Yeah, we want to know before we go all in. Ooh. Ooh. You're being no. coy. No, we're in lane B. Pottoms up. Like we're, yeah, yeah, pottoms up. I don't okay. think there's anything coy about this gentleman over here at all. <laughs> gentleman. gentleman. No one ever uses the term gentleman and pottoms up. Everyone would have used the word coy to describe. Well, hmm. Mm. That's not what I expected. It's not what I expected either. I like that, it. That is awesome. That's I'm thinking a, the same thing. I mean, that, that is, is one tasty beer. beer. Yeah. That, that might yeah. be the tastiest Pottoms Up beer I've had. Yep. That I haven't brought myself. Nice pine, a little bit of malt. No, it's. No uh, resin. Uh, it it, no it starts really refreshing. Wow. And the finish, the hoppiness is there, but it's not that. I don't know what that says it's about not that us. make your glands secrete kind of bitterness. With that 11%, though, I just don't know what well, that Well, you know what the, you know, see what the 11% does? What? Is that adds to the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Because it makes it, 
thicker is the wrong way to put it, but it... It, it gives us some backbone. You read the label. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, that, so the higher ABV beers will... Um, they, they just don't seem as watery and as thin. And, kind of like a uh, heavy blanket. And that... Uh, um, this delivers in that respect, but we haven't we haven't heard from. Uh, I think it'll keep the coronavirus away. Yeah. The grassy troll yet? Um, on this beer. Oh, I like it. It's it's nice. Yeah. It's not bitter at all to me. See, that's the imperial part, right? The imperial. The double dry hop. Yeah, it it it, it still makes it hoppy without the bitterness. I re- I gotta admit, I read the dry hop and I was a little bit cheered. Where's Comstock? Um, outside east of Kalamazoo. Oh, okay. Where Bell's Beers from. You said it's got the citrusy. That doesn't taste like grapefruit. Nope, it doesn't. Nope. I have to retract that statement completely. I'm just, just trying to figure out what it is. Is it orange? I think it's more like jackfruit. Blood jackfruit? orange? Yeah. It could be blood orange. I was going to say orange. I don't know if I've ever had jackfruit unseasoned to know what jackfruit tastes like. Yeah, I think it's jackfruit. Jackfruit tastes like barbecue sauce to me. (laughs) Hawaiian jackfruit. But you could go blood orange. They're very similar to the palate. Mm, Okay. All right. All right. It's refreshing. It's very refreshing. I think the citrus, whatever that flavor is, kind of hits you like up front, kind of... Little uh, I would order that 100%. It, it does this. Anytime I walked in and saw that on but the I also Doesn't think it feel like it, the, the taste almost hits you, then expands? I would also say that this is a crossover beer. Like, for seasonal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have no problem drinking this in the wintertime versus, you know, some of the other IPAs. True. True. Our, uh, we didn't get a... Uh, our, it, it, it sounds like we're going to be all on the favorable side on this one. But I don't know. If, did we get on the other one? I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I got to go for me on it. I, on on your tap, the tapestry. On the tapestry porter, yeah. So I'd say it's for me. It was okay. A little yeah. too stout, liked for me. I, I'm I, I I'm gonna try to define a new category and say meh plus <laughs> tapestry. Not the first time. I think uh, didn't didn't I use the meh plus? Yeah. yeah. Ta- tapestry. I, I would never reach for that out of the cooler because I know that they have funky flavors. <laughs> And sometimes I don't want the funk brought to me. <laughs> so uh, uh, I probably would avoid it, but it was it wasn't Yeah. For you a know, free I, beer it was awesome. I, I think uh <laughs> I think right brain when I think about the funky flavors. Right brain, shorts. Shorts too, shorts. but they also have some um uh, more, you know, they they're, they're, they have some rock. weak stuff too, though. Yeah. Shorts for a different reason sometimes for me because they end up being a little weaker than I want. But this this it's it's right. It's a great beer, right on the knob. It really is. Ha. Oh, guess what? I'm thinking that they got their hops from the Northwest. Oh, uh, they may have. There you go. Uh, How do we know that? Although there's a lot of hops growing right here in Michigan. I was kind of looking it up, thinking about it. I saw my first hops farm coming home from Traverse City the other day. Mm. We we were driving by this... Vertical farm? Farm. Yeah, this vertical farm. I didn't know that, though. Now I do. But we're driving by, and we're looking at it and going, what the hell is that? Because we're in wine country, and Mm -hmm. I'm saying, they don't hang (laughs) vines up on those... And I'm like, what is this? I, you know, it was I'm like kind of mesmerized okay. by it. And then there was a sign. It it was a hops farm. Oh it was. Gosh. It was. There was kind of a cue there because when you said wine country, I was way. I was. Like, there was a countdown in my head. Three, 
two, one, and then bang, bird was gonna bust out. Hold the front door, wine country in Michigan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was this Daisy's wineries or something. Madonna's family has a winery. Up there. Oh well, I you know. <laughs> Sacconi, you know, the Sacconi winery. Yeah, I definitely fall. Yeah, Bird, 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 right. is, Bird is a bit it's of a pr- wine snob. Bird, it's no, pr- I have wine knowledge. Doesn't make me a wine snob. Bird, yes, I live in wine country. If you have wine knowledge, you're a wine snob. I raise my hand, Bird. Mm. It's perspective. I have some perspective. No, I have. <laughs> no, no, Snap. it's, it's perspective <laughs> because this is all I know. So that's it's my person. That is know. that is wine country. Traverse oh City. my god! Oh oh yeah. Oh. That's what I was. Are talking you just catching about. up now? No no no. I'm I'm contemplating on which side of the fence you know, lane A or lane B any, to fall on. Any entry wine people get into will just improve their um, like abilities on other wines. So yeah, good for um, you know good old Michigander. Wine. I'm ready for it. Let's try it. I can't wait to go wine tasting in Michigan. That'd be swell. There's a whole. There's a whole thing. There's a whole region. There's a whole. There's glass. No, every state in the country now is making wine. Not good wine, but they're making wine. And Uh, they can either screw it up. Okay. Because they don't have the terroir, or they're just making fruity, sweetie wines for sweet most of it's sweet. people. No, that's what I was going to say. Most of most of the, the more short. prominent and the fact that the Italians and the French have been doing it for centuries makes no difference. Michigan make a great wine; it'll be just got to follow the recipe. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. Michigan is for the most part making sweeter wines, they are. Um, and then some of their their their, their whites. Um, I guess might meet respectable. I haven't had a red in Michigan that I thought was well, worthy of anything, you know, well, close to California. You have to give kudos to their entrepreneurial spirit. Segway. We do. We do. <clears throat> Same thing with hop farms, right? Or breweries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, create the create the demand. Make the supply. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, if we can convince enough people that Traverse City wine is fine wine, it's great wine to make chili with. <laughs> you know, I, like it, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that that's the play. I think what Traverse City has done is they've created a destination as kind of a thing to do. You know, I mean, uh, regardless of, of of the quality of the wine, so that's where right, I'm kind of right, trying right. to go. I'm trying to kind of lead, right. lead us into the entrepreneurial. Yeah, but did they do it to get you up there to buy fudge and wine, or is it possible that that area what is, it is conducive there? to making wine? And it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no perspective. perspective. <laughs> We're in Michigan. No. Yeah. All, all the areas of Michigan, the, the sandy soil. Uh, on the east side of Lake Michigan is better than the rocks the, over the here south the side of Detroit. <laughs> that so, would be Canada. They're making wine, right? But what, I, what, but what, I, what I'm saying is they've created a uh, an attraction, right? They've created a a, um, a destination, and they're also banking on the fact that you know. 
by and large, most people are really not that into wine. They they like it. They taste it. This one's good. This one's it's bad. It's a growing segment. You of know, the alcohol, you know, like six ninety nine, and they're happy. Most people you know? don't spend more than ten dollars on a bottle of wine. Right. That is true, and most wine is is um, opened and uncorked within nine minutes of purchasing it. <laughs> true fact. Ron here, traffic's too clogged. We take yeah, that's, nine that's a problem. There. You don't have traffic. You can get there at five. <laughs> but uh, I don't use a straw. Yeah, don't use a plastic straw with a bottle of wine. Uh, if you're driving, it's a good idea though. <laughs> Never when driving. You know, this way you have your metal straw with you at all times. Do you see people in Seattle walking around with straws? You do, and they also carry yeah. um, utensils. The mason mason jar. Yeah. You know, instead of the plastic mm-hmm. water bottle, they'll have a mason, mason jar. Mason jar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In my defense. Where are we on that? We have metal straws at my house. Ooh, yeah. Do you I've use never them? used them, but we have them. Why wouldn't you use them? Because uh, they are not mine. <laughs> <laughs> And we were on the they coronavirus. Are, they are Joe Reezy's <laughs> straws. Coronavirus is everywhere. Well, half Looking time bought it for her for a Christmas gift. And I don't know if they've ever actually touched liquid or not. We use metal straws in our house. Do you really? Yeah. And, and, and oddly enough, we do have plastic straws too. Because you have your various types of drinks that come into the house. <laughs> How do we get back means. on the straws, you guys? I just don't know. They get washed in the dishwasher and get reused. Well, I guess we reuse our plastic straws. All right. Well, all right. All right. I, I think it's ridiculous. Let's get focused. <laughs> well, I mean, all of these things can create little cottage industries with new businesses. Well, people have made a lot of things out of the plastic straws that have been discarded because all these restaurants had to get rid of their straws. Where are they going to go? So people are making textiles out of them and uh, little pot holders and, you know, flip-flops. There are flip-flops. There are shoes. There are bona fide running shoes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Made out of the straws. High-end fashion you're absolutely Multi hundred dollar right. shoes. Yep, yep, it's a true story. So they can, is they're, they're melting down the plastic? No, they're probably weaving it. So, a variety I mean, of different techniques, but yeah. yes, the straws are being used because there's so much on the market on the West Coast in restaurants and in the distribution channel. They had to do something with them. So people started to say, well, what can we do? Patagonia made a living on plastic soda bottles. Soda bottles. Yeah. yeah. So all the fleece, the, all the micro fleece comes from. Right. Right. So that's right. a zero thing, that. right? Right. If that's what we're talking about. But only about. so many bottles can go into that sort of thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But can a company like Patagonia be built today by an individual, like what was his name, Yvonne? I don't remember his name. The guy who built Patagonia. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about. Yvonne. <laughs> no, 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 not. I only know one. I don't know, I don't know, Blotto, what you're thinking about, but uh, Patagonia uh, is a company that was built with a conscience before that was even, like, part of the fabric yeah. of what we were doing, right? So mm-hmm. can somebody build, like, I can't think of another company just right off the top of my head that built a company that big of recent. Not, maybe had, not that big, maybe they're on their way. But like you know, you Tiva like is one, Tom's. Decker, Decker's Outdoor is a, a division of, of UGG. Yeah. So you've, yep. got, you've got them you think, you think, shaving off baby lambs. Is and, that and, what's going on yeah, with my Uggs? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Do, do, you think, do you think Tom still holds its mission the same way that it did? 
but but that, that's where yeah, Tom's is one is one company that would qualify as Patagonia like Bombas is another one. Yeah, yeah. B- Bombas kind of is uh-huh. the new Toms, right? Yeah, you know. They, they, what, it's actually socks. a new thing. What, 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 oh, what Toms was doing with, with shoes, Bombas is doing with socks. Percentage of our sales is going to help a charitable Well, they cause. donate a pair for every pair bought. Right, and that's what Toms did too. I tried to do that in a small retail shop I had. I said, if you find... Okay, so it's a lost sock depository. This is going to be a short story, but if you find oh, a sock great. in your neighborhood... Because you know kids with strollers and stuff like that, and they flick off their socks. Kids, yeah, yeah, you yeah. see random socks laying around. So they around. bring them into my shop. I hang them up in the window, and we look for a match. And for every match we found, <laughs> I, I would it. donate ten, ten pairs of socks to uh, a foster um, nonprofit called Treehouse. You know, <laughs> I got all sorts of news and all sorts of awesome. you know good feelings from it. I don't really think it built a lot for my business, but it felt good to me. You know, it yeah. felt good to me, it's, and it felt good to my community. It's so, community-based politics. So, do you doing. think? Do you think? Or I was just trying to do a PR thumb. Well, of course you were. <laughs> but, course you were. But, but no, like, like 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 Tom's and Bombas is built completely on PR. Right. Right. Their their business model expanded and blew up not because they really had, um, uh, you know, a new product per se, or even a new way of delivering that product. It was about the PR of what they were doing, philanthropic. Philan- Properly, yeah. 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 Okay. whatever. It's all right if you okay. have a lisp. We, 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 it's okay. It's okay if I have a lisp. A beer that goes all the way to eleven. Yeah. Um, but can you go to eleven? That's the question. Uh, we're getting close to that. Can you go to eleven? Yes. Yeah, I can go to eleven. Can yeah. Blah, will go to eleven. Uh. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, so you took that idea, and we we, we think it's a great idea that the, that you had in your shop. But it didn't really like no, take off, right? No, it's not going to do a lot for the little teeny tiny shop. You know? What what does what does the small business have to do today to really then yeah. launch? Right. Right. I mean, you've had a couple small businesses, uh, Lefty. You you've had some some all businesses. Yeah, I mean a little bit more. Blotto and I are entrepreneurial. Fred Blotto, we have a podcast. This is my business. You guys worked in the system for the man your whole lives. <laughs> I have worked for the man my whole life. I absolutely yeah. have. So have I. My, my favorite thing was when we were liquidating this startup of 3D metal. You know, we were building aerospace parts for um, Boeing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. And so we're talking to these different liquidators because we got dropped by a very big monolith. Because yeah. they decided that they, they, your VC dried up. Yep, they were going to get out, and so we had to hire this liquidator and my lead CEO, um, and I was CEO, and we used to go around and pitch all these companies and you know big like big companies all around Silicon Valley, Boeing, other big ones, and Rocket X liquidator, and we're all like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? How are we going to liquidate? And this guy says to us, and he says. You know, you guys are no bigger than a mouse fart. It's not going to take much to make me make you go away. And these are people who just spent last three years putting all their blood, sweat, and tears, six million dollars, and trying to build something so he could make a keychain, you know, to the specs of this monolith, you know. So I think it takes a lot. It takes a lot to try to build something, and um, it's really, really hard, you know. It's, it's, I think it's really, really hard, and you can have really smart people, and you have really a lot of money, but it's not pro-small business. Small business in this um, economy, you have to be $30 million. 
Anything below that is a nano small business. You, you don't qualify for tax breaks. You don't, you know, get help. I mean, you're just there to die on the vine unless you can survive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel about no, it. No, no. I think you're right. It is really hard for small businesses uh, to be community-based small businesses. And But um, that's what this country was built on originally, unless I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, maybe it's always been built on the rich get richer and inequality is what we've been striving for the entire, whatever, 150 years. Uh, you may be more onto something than not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, because you've got all these, these we, we see different small businesses start up and, you know, there's a five-year window usually. As yeah. you've recently learned, there's a five-year loan. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, there's a five-year window. It, it's not, it's not, Right, right, right. Disconnected. Right, disconnected. But for the listener, in, in most commercial loans, you have a five-year loan right. period, and then it balloons up. So you, right. you, you, if you're loaning money for your new business, you might get a 30-year term, but it's going to balloon in five years. That's right. And if you're not making the nut or the bank no longer feels like you are going to make the nut in the future, like if they see your business trending down or for whatever reason. They'll call it. Then they can call it in or give you unfavorable terms or something like that. So That's correct. You know, um, or give you a bad Yelp review. <laughs> I don't know if the bankers go out and get bad Yelp <laughs> No, because they're all using Instagram now. Uh, you know. But, yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's definitely a challenge. And... For the really small business, for the nano small business, you're not going out really trying to get seed money and venture capitalists, right? Well, it, they're, they're not going to look at you. No. The the, that the mouse fart, from the, the mouse fart, uh, which you might aspire to be, and say, okay, this is this is a, a little piece of the world that I want to claim and build something, you know, just for my own private uh, uh, pleasure here, right? To serve the community or you know, build some equity or whatever. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of help. Nope. You know? That, that, uh, that doing... money that small businesses use to grow and be successful comes from their family, their their previous generations that have had... And small businesses I... shouldn't be that way. That so I mean, It's okay that it is. The but, problem is, but, uh, is the idea of small business. Our generation, the next generation, we're all the same, within the same decade. The problem is, is that less of us, as a percentage, have that money to seed the next generation. Agreed. So, right. So we're going to see less and less small business, more and more consolidation, more people having, or less people owning more things. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to healthcare because some people are afraid to leave their company or afraid to jump into a job that might lead to a new business idea because they don't want to leave their benefits. I, 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 I that is so spot on. I, I just had a conversation. I made with, a bird splat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's happened to me once, right on my eye. Um, I just had a conversation uh, with my boss who definitely is kind of, I wouldn't quite call him a Trumpster. We've talked about him before in the show. He kind of is a conservative. Does he listen? No. No, he doesn't even know I do this. So, um, so he's still have a job. But, but, but his, his, whole, his whole outlook on life is he's from New Jersey, and he just thinks that if you gave people health care, they're not going to work. Like his whole, his whole perspective is that people are lazy. 
that 90% of the people are lazy, and if you give them free shit, then they stop working. I, I, honestly, that, forget, forget about abortion, gun rights, um, you, you know. Things um, that have been proven in other countries. Uh, 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 you no, forget about the there. other issues, you know. Well, you said he was you Jersey, know. and so I can't, like, I'm like, oh. Right, right. But Perspective. Every, in New Jersey, everyone's out to screw you, and if you give them free shit, yeah. they're going to screw you more. I yeah. mean, that's that's his whole perspective. Everyone's lazy, everyone's on welfare, and they love it. Isn't that the, straight out of the Southern Redemption playbook that Kinda. I might be reading? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, there's a tinge of racism. In yeah, yeah. But, that's, um, that's, that's there's hugely a lot, racist. Actually. But, but, but we were talking about health care, and we were talking okay. about um, uh, uh, another co-worker whose son... And this is his story, is his take on it, right? Decided not to get a job until he turned 26. And then he was like, ah, no. Oh, so he, why do you, he waited it out. Why do you think he got. Now, I don't know that's really the story, right? I don't, no, I don't no, know. No, no, but that's what he's implying. That's what he's implying. Like, it's all anecdotal stuff. I know this guy, I know this guy, I know this yeah. person. So, and, and we were talking, and I said, but on the other hand, I said, Joe, what if by having universal health care gives people the ability to go out and not get a job but start a business right crickets like like he was he was he was so stunned by that comment you know it, it was like i just tased him you know yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. don't tase me bro don't tase me but there was like a long pause on the other side and and he was like yeah maybe so you, that you, you know? was his son though uh, uh, no, another coworker's son. Oh, uh, right, yeah. A yeah. friend of a friend. Well, you know, mm. so there's that. There's, it's hard to start a small business. There isn't a lot of support out there. You're not, you know, like there are small businesses, co-ops that you can join to get health care. And there are, you know, community yeah, Those are not very effective, unfortunately. No. That you, can you, will, you. you have downtown development authorities. The, they're helpful, you know, but they're, they but don't in the have end, they... grants. I mean, there's some nice things happening in downtown Detroit right now, I understand, where they're willing to get behind, you know, for a couple grand you know but that's not enough you know so uh one of the statistics that i read is that there are less and less small businesses popping up and from mom and pops and that in the old days and i have no data to back this yeah, up it's just so, that's so the way we roll i understand is that in the past those were the original they had more employees even though we all look towards big companies like the established brands but the mom and pops actually employ more people, small businesses, mm -hmm, and I'm still some of them are thirty million dollars more. But then the big companies like GE and Boeing and you know Ford and all combined, and there was more stability. So we're going to lose, to your point, Blotto, the whole, the whole, the whole thing is turning, and the one percent are just going to get wealthier and wealthier because. We're not going to have anybody else coming up through the ranks opening small businesses. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the healthcare is such a key thing because, um, you know, I, I just one of the reasons that you're in town, birds. You and I are looking at a business opportunity, and one of the things and that, it's not a bird in the hand. No, and and one of the things that really bothers me about it is that we'll probably be one of these businesses that cannot offer healthcare. If we go forward with this to our employees, and that, we got to try, and, and that really, really bothers me, and 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 it's like okay, we got to put it in a model and see what happens. So, so do we not do it because I mean, you know, we're still, you know, bringing something to the community that they need. We're still providing employment. 
we're still going to do all those other great things, but if we can't provide health care, are we just as much of a problem? And I, I haven't quite come to rationalize that yet. I mean, it's not, it's, 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 it's not holding back the endeavor, and I'm just kind of feeling like this isn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, know? I have to say we have to look at plans and see what we could qualify for and what it would cost for us and cost mainly, you know, a little bit for the employee. Yeah. Well, you definitely need to uh, take, a, take a pulse of when, if this happens, you need to take a pulse of what your employees view as a benefit. Right. Be, if they already have coverage, if they are it's a very good point. I appreciate younger that. younger individuals uh, typically need less health care, but they still it need. May be, yeah, it may be more beneficial for them to go out and buy their health care separate. But, but you, you could certainly pay them a fair wage that was above that, and they might value that more, make your business more successful, and then as your business blossoms, then you could institute but, those other programs. And, and, and I agree 100% with what you said there, Lefty. But wouldn't it be nice if that wasn't a concern? Like, like you know, that, that, but, like but, we were living in Sweden, but, everybody like, got good health care, yes. Yeah. That's, that's where the capitalism can really, you know, work with yeah. socialistic policies you know but you know inside your property lines you 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 can say that but these these people live outside in in another world and and they're affected by other things so the percentages of what you're going to offer on i'm not property. talking about me though so i, I don't know if you're no you're, i understand that yeah because i'm having a hard time following you I, I, what i'm saying is is that if your employee doesn't view it as a benefit then you should okay. try to okay. supplement I, I, them in other ways. Wh whatever. What I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if we had universal health care, that's off the table. I don't have to worry Understood. about that. They don't have to worry about that. Whether they view it as a benefit, <laughs> totally. That's not reality. The the, the, the bottom well yeah right. The bottom line is Bernie. everyone needs health care, <laughs> right? I don't care how healthy and young you are. Everyone needs health care. If it's provided by your spouse, more power to you. But everybody needs health care. In fact, this is a conversation Coronavirus. that, that I, I just had. Actually, we're going to have a bigger spread because we don't with, have it. With you know? You know, our friend that we argue with on Facebook, we've talked about him a, a number of times. He runs a small business. Yes, he does. He doesn't pay his employees health care. He doesn't cover their health care. And, you know, I remember saying to him one time, why in the world would you not be in favor of a universal single-payer health care so your employees have health care? Like, this is mind-boggling to me that he is so stuck in his ways. Well, I have found out something more recent. Guess where he gets his health care? The government idea. Yep. Taxpayer. He has Obamacare? No. 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 His wife's a cop. Oh, that's... Well, she used to be. Yeah, she's retired, but but she has still the benefits. But she's got the, she's benefits, the benefits, and so he's getting taxpayer-funded health care. He's against taxpayer-funded health care. Yeah. Well, what wait a, a minute, fucking asshole! I know a bunch of congressmen like that. They're all getting health care. Right, right, right. But but I'm just talking about this particular person yeah. and his attitude, thinking socialism is bad. But it's systemic. 
and it, it's tribal. System. Well, it's you know, I, I'm, I'm just, it's, like it's the, really a side story. It's really like, not what we're Exactly like the I union see. retirees voting I saw your comment union. on Facebook about it, but I, I didn't know what it meant. He didn't, he didn't, he just wanted to come out and say it. He oh. doesn't want to admit to it. I've, I have pieced, pieced this together, yes. But do we, do do we as a society still need small business? Are we just comfortable with the Amazons and the Microsoft and the Boeing? No, we need small business. I, I, do we, though? Do we? Like, you know, I'm just being like, okay, oh, but okay. Amazon, a, 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 Amazon, evil Amazon, they allow small businesses to get their products to market. Sure. Gotta search them out, but they have, they have provided a platform where you can... You know, be a small I mean, and and the struggles are real, <laughs> cliche, right? On on small businesses, and and we kind of already talked about the funding. There's there there's how do you get your word out there? Kind of like your PR thing. You know, we kind of hit on a lot of those. Um, but I think all that said, I think that there's still a a a real place for small businesses going forward, whether it be service or retail product. Or, manufacturing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can we get manufacturing back as a small business based no. on what's the, tar- not, the tariffs I mean, and the struggles overseas and our you know populist population now? Can you, the 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 caveat to what you said is is bringing manufacturing back. Like manufacturing is not, not bringing come it back. back. Yeah. But innovating. But new. can it can it can we create more manufacturing here? Yeah. I mean. You know, like, you know, one of the things, like, I, one, one company that comes to mind is Timbuktu, right? They make all of their stuff in San Francisco, I believe. Uh, messenger bags and mm-hmm. things yeah, like yeah. that, right? You know, I, I, I don't know what, where their sales are at nowadays. Um, they could very well be out of small business. They might be doing more than $30 million. It's not the kind of thing I pay attention to anymore. I would imagine they are. I think they're relatively national or international. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's know, sort of expensive for the average person. Yeah, right, right. To to, to, to do that, then you're you know you're paying three hundred and fifty bucks for a messenger bag. But the average person will pay a lot of money for a Nike, and they're not U.S. manufactured, and they make their well. We, we, we got a U.S. manufacturing guy right here, Lefty. I mean, well, in your I'm, business, I'm how much representing does, of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much but, does how much does U.S. manufacturing really really matter to your customers? Um. Increasingly less. I think it's more of a, a, a message that's being pushed down, though, by by the corporations. Uh, obviously, I push against it, but um, I lose that battle every day. I, I sell stuff that foreign made against American made every day, and I've I've come to to the gray area of if they make a better tool then that's the tool that you should purchase. Right. And so, so we need to focus to on making better tools. You know, one of the <laughs> things... Makes great wines. One of the things that, uh, that would speak for manufacturing and entrepreneurship would be if we did have universal health care. That would be one cost off the table. I think that's where we were at yeah, a little yeah, while ago. Right. I don't know if we need to go back there or what. Right. But um, that... Because, because even right. when manufacturing is created or brought back, say in in America, so much is going to be automated. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's not going to be this huge, uh, you know, need for employment. Right. One, we don't even have the people here anymore for employment. But but two, you know, in order to maximize um, uh, efficiencies and maximize profit, 
you're gonna right. you're gonna right. automate as as much as possible. Well, and you know, speaking to the Nikes and um, most people that listen to this know I'm in the footwear business. They it, that stuff ends up in the in the landfill. So if we have higher quality American-made goods going out, we have less consumerism going out, which is what I see. I see the younger, uh, the next generation, shall we say, the next generations, plural. I think we're seeing more than one now. Um, buying into the less consumerism. So, so does that mean that what you're saying is... So is manufacturing could make a comeback if they put out the message and the product and, and the product but is the need there if we're going to cut back well the, he's saying the that consumers. the millennials are seeing that value and quality I right? mean, they're millennials yeah. anymore they're the other well, well, that's I why I said the next generation they're called the X because I don't really want to get into hey, like I was at, I was at a wedding earlier today and, and someone yeah, I saw this post. younger person very young person probably she was saying oh you know I got carded and then someone said you know you know, something about millennials, and I'm like, okay, I'm really confused now. Like, are you a millennial or not? You know, mm-hmm. on the cusp of getting carded. Right. Well, you know, they're buying less cars. The buying generation less cars. that getting know, less driver's licenses. Younger than your son, for example. They but cars are higher quality nowadays too. But they don't need a car in the big but cities. they're really expensive. But in big cities, you don't need cars, and uh, insurance is too much money. Right. And you don't need an. I'm going to say the word outfit. <laughs> What? Like when's the last guy's time you thought about putting on an outfit? But I think the throwaway clothes. So my friend came over. <laughs> outfit? Yeah. Look at. But I thought you said I, I couldn't view tell me. if you said elephant or outfit. <laughs> outfit, but like the fast. Elephant. What's it called? Fast throwaway clothing like H and M and Forever Twenty One. Right. Macy's. Right, right, right. They're all tanking. Now right. are they tanking because people are buying less and they're buying it online and returning it, or? It's fast fashion. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and is there just most of my family buys from a resale shop? Oh, cool. I, I'm the only one that doesn't. <laughs> but, I, w- I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's slow, Lefty. So, uh, but do it's a le- uh, oh, it, what if it, the pendulum swings? What if the pendulum swings and suddenly there's a group of entrepreneurs coming up, and the next group goes, "Yeah, we don't need any more stuff. We're gonna sit by candlelight. We're gonna cook, you know, buy a little tiny stove. We're gonna Never make everything that. in our egg maker. And we're gonna buy a five hundred dollar heavyweight blanket. So much, so much drive a Tesla. Entrepreneurism is about making your life easier making other people's life easier i mean that's that's pretty much what innovation and technology is all designed to do right 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 i mean you know and that's why you know things go out of business oftentimes like you know vcrs because we now have better mousetraps to watch that kind of you know entertainment right so it's all about making our lives easier it's not things that we need it's just Actually, things that though if you look at microsoft it didn't make our lives easier they were just bigger and had more money and moved faster and pushed everybody else out and um, Amazon's kind of doing that. They're pushing Main Street out. It's not that they make our lives easier. Amazon does make your life easier. Eh, it does. It creates a lot of trash. It creates a lot I of think, problems. Oh, it, it makes a, it, it creates a ton of trash. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to buy into you, Amazon destroying Main Street. Okay. Kmart, Walmart, they destroyed Amazon. Amazon just came in on the backside of that. 
So you're so, saying Main Street was already destroyed. Main Street was already destroyed. Royal of Michigan was already big. bars and restaurants way before Amazon. Big was a big thing. box and what they used to call category killers. The Bed Bath and Beyond, the exporting goods. Yep. So, yep. so all those big box guys and the you're category saying killers. Amazon just capitalized on what those other guys. They, they were just picking up pieces. Because I used to sell radios and people, and I used to sell bicycles, and they'd be like, "Wow, this is cool. Let me try it out." Oh yeah, I can get this on Amazon for ten percent less. I'm like, "Yeah, good luck with that. Peace out." <laughs> <laughs> and then Amazon couldn't ship on time, and they'd be in my shop the day before Christmas. So I don't know, you know. Yeah, the the the, the showrooming happens. Yeah. Show showrooming happens. And um, in my business, I'm fully aware that the category that I work in, I capture as as a as a company, we capture maybe seven to eight percent of the market. I'm not going to worry about somebody walking in and showrooming on a pair, a, a, a piece of footwear. I'm going to give them the best service possible either way because they're going to become my PR mouthpiece down the road. Right you know, I got mine somewhere else, but you. that guy is the best. That's, yeah. a, that's a strategy. That's a business strategy. And that's a long-term business yep. strategy, yep. and that's the way I operate. And I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, when the showrooming started, it, it's almost like... Well, you can't really have to make a decision. It. You can't. All you can do is play with it yeah. and make That's nice right. and have a great time. Right. But You're in a lose-lose automatically. Already. Yes. Automatically. Now, what about showrooming against the big guys? You know, like like you know, Best Buy has a big issue with showrooming. You, you, you know, and they're the, so that's who I think gets hurt in many ways more than the mom and pop. Right? Yeah. Because the, that's who's going into Best Buy and saying, look at that television. No way I can get it on Amazon. You know, the last time I was in Best Buy, I, I, I whipped out my phone and I looked up and did what everybody does in Best Buy, check for a better price. But honestly, Is what that what I they did, built their business on, though? Is that they would beat the best price? Is that that company? I think well, Best Buy and Best Price are two different things. Yeah, they really uh, were never, they were yeah. never really Best Price. Yeah, yeah. Best okay. Buy is... You know, best experience, best, you know, geek squad, the whole Yeah, style. best um, sales yeah. hell. I'm not trying to rep for them or anything. Yeah. But, but the, the, the truth is, is that when I go out to the Amazon and I look at the product and I see the different prices and I look at the reviews and I'm actually in Best Buy making the purchase. It didn't stop me from making the purchase. It's like twelve dollars, whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. Right, that variance. Yeah, yeah. But you were looking yeah. at the reviews, and that's, that's it, a tool. It, and that, it's it's a, a, it provides an yeah. educational tool. It's an educational right. tool. Right, but what yeah, we, even Best Buy is in Amazon. So. What do we do about like in Seattle? They just they're premiering a non-checkers, like no checkers whatsoever. Oh, it's in all, the grocery. Yeah, it's all cameras, Love and it. it's in Capitol. It. It's in Love Capitol it. Hill. It's all cameras. You pick up this this one eleven goes from like oh look at that. It's on it's on your it's yeah. on your phone list. It, and and now it's in your data record forever too. Right, true, true. So then you just they, they capture you know ring it up and your credit card's already been and it's all a test and the whole thing. But what about if that and the grocery delivery thing finally does take off, and I don't particularly want that. Does that put a lot of small grocery stores out of business, people who are used to getting their 
produce or fresh meats or butchers and all these you know really nice businesses that have supported you know, communities. You're, you're, I, I'm still going to my local butcher, my local. If they can survive, but what happens if they don't? Uh, I, For your next I, generation, I, they yeah, get their I stuff mean, off of Amazon, and then, and then, my, but my whole point—I didn't make it yet—because <laughs> they bought Whole Foods. Amazon has the potential with everything that they own now and the cloud to actually direct how this country buys food. Like they could you control know, the, model. the pricing. They could control. Oh, I see. What well, comes and goes in this country? Wait, you no. Can't, yeah. There's a, the, when we talk about entrepreneurship and small business, there is an elephant in the room here, and that is our government over the last uh, seventy years has allowed for monopolies. That's what I'm talking about. And and it has re- uh, really hurt the consumer. And it continues to hurt the consumer. And I, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I believe, is kind of talking about Break them up. And, Elizabeth Warren. And, 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 and she you understands. Break them and, up. And, you know, I, I, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Michelangelo Cinarelli on Progress. I think it was him. It could have been him. It could have been Tom Hartman. And he was talking about, guess how much they pay for your Wi-Fi service in France? Well, it's like... Two or three dollars. Five dollars a month. I know. Five dollars a month in France for your Wi-Fi service in your house, and the reason is, you have like thirty to choose from. You know. Right. You know, in in in, in, in other the parts African of the world, nations, it's the same way. You you get a SIM card, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And SIM cards you buy out of vending machines, mm-hmm. and you can switch your SIM card anytime you want, and you you know, you know. So you're not working. You know, here in the U.S., we are paying on average eighty bucks a month on Premium a cell phone or for whatever it is everything. for everything because we have allowed super huge corporations to. So our vote. government throttles entrepreneurship totally. Which gets back to what how I think you, a lot of people are talking about yeah. is income inequality and why did the one percent get so rich because of exactly these tactics that you're talking about. And, and, and we cannot share in that economy. You know, I don't know anybody who's sharing in that economy right now. And, and so what we, where we get fooled as Americans is we say, Americans. okay, well, you know, Americans. our inflation is only, Americans. you know, 1.5% 1. 1, 1. 1. or whatever Americans. it is. Americans. You know, and I was, to be fair. Americans. The, Americans. I'm American. And on those items that we're I'm buying as a consumer, American. they're really relatively inexpensive. Talking I'm talking to nobody Talk to right them. now. I'm not talking to anybody. Okay. The podcast is over. This that teaches, a, you, teaches you this to bring 11% of my pay grade. This is I don't know what you guys podcast. I, I don't even know how we are out. Bottom Word out. Here's the knobs. Politics. Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics I don't